This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at Patreon. What is going on with my voice? Through your our at Patreon.com. Do, do you want com. me to do this? Do you I, yes. <laughs> no, no, suddenly my voice just went sideways on me. Patreon. Go for I, it. it I have had a lot of sugar today. I can tell. It's not, and it's pretty early still. So what? Well, I, it's Poochki day. We'll get to that. Poochki? Yeah, we'll get to that. Just, we ought to do this opening. Patreon.com slash says who. I think there, I did is, that one. Are you drunk? You no, I'm good. Oh, boy. Hey, it's your old pal Maureen, author of books. Hey, listen, get a book. Books are great. Maybe you want a book called Truly Devious. It's the first in a series of three. It's all complete now. You can read the whole thing. Truly Devious, The Vanishing Stare, The Hand on the Wall. If you listen to this, you've heard about these books. Maybe you've read them. If you have, I love you. And if you haven't, I still love you. My love is, it doesn't have restrictions. It's not a, there's no, there's no connect. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't, you can't buy my love. But if you have read the books, maybe I love you extra. I don't know. You can't buy my love. Books, read them, please. Oh my God. Hey, Maureen. Hey, Dan. I'm um, excited. I am also really excited about this particular podcast this week. I am this too. I are am, you? Yeah, I've just, I've got, I've had a, I've had a, I've had a moment of clarity, Maureen. You know, it's weird because I, because you know, I was away last week and I also yeah. had a moment of clarity. Did you? Yeah. Well, I, I'm excited because I have had a real awakening. You have? And I, yeah, I think I'm ready to endorse a candidate. Oh my God. Yeah. Who? Well, I mean, I, I just, I've given it a lot of thought, Maureen, and right. I think that our best shot. Warren? No, I mean, that's where I would think, but I've really come around on Michael Bloomberg. You have. Just, you know, I think that that's, um, I think he's the candidate for now. Right. What about you? What were you, what were you excited I mean, about? Uh, really? Well, um, when I was away, I, you know, you had a lot of time to reflect and it was the beat, you know, it was nice and quiet and thoughtful. Yeah. And I, um, this is good. I, I also uh, I'm realizing that Mike Bloomberg is the man for the moment. And, oh, um, whoa. and, um, you know, he's just got a lot of, I hold on. Can I just interrupt? Because, sure. um, the, the contract that I signed is that I'm, I'm supposed to be paid to convince you to what? pay to vote Bloomberg. <laughs> no, nothing. I just, it's, is going to get, I, I might have to make a call. Cause this is, this complicates oh, things. Crap. I am definitely not going to get my 200 bucks. Oof, you only got 200? Wait a minute. What? How? Wait a minute. Shit. Welcome to Says Bloomberg Podcast, the <laughs> podcast that isn't a Bloomberg. It's a Bloomberg strategy. I'm Dan Sinker. And I'm Maureen Johnson. And <laughs> turns out we have a price. No, yes. we don't. We do no, not. No, we don't. Fucking unbought, unbossed. Like I mean, Chisholm back in the 70s. I like the idea that maybe someone is listening to this for the first time and it's like, wow, these people really like Bloomberg. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that somebody was listening was like, what the fuck? God damn it. I got to them too. Oh, Michael Bloomberg and the micro and his army of micro influencers. There is an amazing, we're, we'll get to this more, but there is an amazing article in the LA Times about various Californians that were paid money by Michael Bloomberg to send texts to all of their contacts and the text, there's things like I'm getting paid to tell you this also vote for Bernie. <laughs> That's hilarious. It is um, amazing. Maureen, so, you're back. Are you back? Mm, are are you still in, in the tropics? No, I'm back. I'm back, Dan. And 
I want to, I had an amazing time. Although I want to talk about some feelings that arise from tr- like uh, to going away. So we went away. This was our, our vacation. So we, we say we go away one week in the winter. Cause that's, that's when we choose our time. And, um, Dan, I love it. And also I feel super guilty the whole time I'm away. What? Why? Uh, because I spend the whole time thinking about, I don't know. I've just, I can't, I don't know. Something settles on me when the quiet descends because I, I've read a lot, but um, I don't know. It's just had a lot of those reckoning thoughts where I was like, I need to do more for the world. You know, like it was that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. It was that kind of, uh, you know, y- you ever have those things where you're like, I, yeah, I don't know. But I did have one adventure, Dan. So. Okay. I made it a commitment to every day get in the water and um, the water was a little choppy the first couple of days and it really smoothed out and I was in there. You couldn't get me out and I love the water there. It is why I go. It is the most beautiful thing on this earth. It is. The water was crystal clear. You could see to the bottom. Um, I love it. I'm also I'm, I'm a swimmer, but like I get nervous about being pulled out. <laughs> um, sure. Like I'm not. I, I'm like, well, if a riptide gets me, I'm not, I don't have the skills to get away from that. But um, also I, I I like looking at the fish and I am scared of them. And um, I, I'm fascinated by the things in the water and also slightly terrified by them. So we went out on a boat with Captain Steve. And oh, Captain Steve. Captain Steve. And I was the first one off, you know, that they shuttled me off the back. And everyone's like, oh, she's like the expert snorkeler, which I thought was hilarious. But because I had a big, I had my own mask with me that I brought, like these oh, full face whoa. masks. Yeah, we bought these full face masks. They're great because you you don't have to hold a bit in your mouth. They're not expensive. They're like 25 bucks and they change the whole experience. Wait, so, are they like a, like a, like you're swimming around in like a fireman's breathing mask? Um. I don't know what that looks like, really. It's just like a whole plastic thing that fits over your entire face with a I'm, tube I'm coming out the top. Now. Yeah, they're really nice. So you don't have to hold the thing in your, you don't have to hold it in your mouth. Um, and it's wow. Just, yeah, they're great. They're amazing. There's so cool. much. Oh my God, you have a little tube coming out of your head. The tube comes out the back. So it's a snorkel mask that it's a full face mask. It doesn't cost much more than a, like a snorkel. In some cases, it costs less, and it changes the whole experience. It's so this much help better. help me with the coronavirus, do you think? No, you just wash your hands. But I could look at the tube coming up. <laughs> this is a fascinating thing for people it's, listening. It, there is listen, like a full, you look like an alien in this thing. Yeah, it's real good. And it, it's easy to, it's pretty easy to travel with. I've bought a bunch of them because... I've gone to people's houses where I was able to use it. And then like, I've given it to them. Like, as like, thank you for letting me come here. Have the full face snorkel mask. Um, because they're great. And people are like, uh, Maureen, this was just brunch. We're in the East village. What are you doing? Yeah. Have the snorkel mask. Um, so I, I, you know, I was last one out of the water as well. I saw a stingray and he was like, Ooh, along the bottom. I was like, look at me go. Um, so then one of the last days, the place that we stayed at, they had a little Hobie cat, little catamaran thing that you can take out. And the people there were like, we're going to take people out, two people at a time, because it's a nice day to go snorkel the wreck that's right out. It's right out on the bay. It's directly out. And, uh, and I was like, I'll go. So I, I sat there on the beach holding my snorkel mask. And then I hopped on. There was nobody coming. It was just me and the guy. Oscar was like, I'm going to stay back here and drink and read. So I was like, all right. So I went out alone with the guy. We went straight out. And because he's like, okay, jump off. Still moving. He's like, just jump off. And I was like, okay. And so I very hesitantly slid off the side. And then he's like, I'll come back around. And so I'm bobbing around in the middle of the bay by myself. And I was excited, but also was like, I am... I always feel more confident when there are at least some other people around, <laughs> you know, but it was fine. 
And I look down at the wreck. Now, the wreck is super cool, but also I find wrecks super spooky. Because they're haunted. I can barely, it's the only, one of the only things that genuinely creeps me out to look at. I look down and there's the wreck and it looks like it's about five feet away from you, even though it's about like 30 feet away. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And the guy's like, go, you scared? Go, go, go. And I was like, okay. So I'm the spooky wreck. And he's like, this way, this way, the fish are this way. I'm like, okay. So I'm looking, I'm like, come on, Moraine, you're out here by yourself. You can do this. Looking at the wreck, looking at the fish. I'm like, yeah, look at me go, look at me go. And then the water just gets churned up for like a second because it does, you know, a little wave splashes over and it, you know, and then the water clears. And then the water clears. Yeah. And something is, is in my face mask and has, in fact, bounced off my face mask. And that thing, Dan, is a jellyfish the size of my head. Oh, geez. A big moon jellyfish, the one that looks like a brain. <laughs> now, Dan, I don't like jellyfish. That shit will freak- sting you. They freak me the fuck out, Dan. I find them genuinely terrifying. I, I always read the reports of whether or not there are jellyfish in the water. I'm just not great with jellyfish, Dan. I'm not good. And all of a sudden... A giant jellyfish the size of my head has struck me in the face, bounced off my mask, and I am alone in a bay above a wreck with a jellyfish that in my face, and I, for a minute, my soul left my body, Dan. Then, (laughs) then, after I sunk back in really fast, you saw this this person. If you were watching the shore, this would have been pretty far off, but you would have seen this kind of little flailing limbs and this voice going, Jellyfish, 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 jellyfish. So I'm swimming back to the boat. Swimming, 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 screaming, 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 swimming. And the guy's like, what? And I'm like, jellyfish, 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 jellyfish. And he's like, there is no jellyfish. Not this time of year. And I'm scrabbling at the jellyfish, jellyfish, trying to get back on the camera. And he's like, there's no jellyfish. It's not this time of year. I'm scrabbling. Jellyfish, jellyfish. Finally, he hauls me up. And I was like, there was a jellyfish. And he's like, not this time of year. I was like, there was a jellyfish. We concluded it was probably dead. He's laughing. No. I don't care. He's like, all right, we'll have a little sail. So we sail around. And then suddenly he hands me the rudder and says, you do it. And then he like fucks off to like do the sail. And he's like, turn, 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 turn now. And he's shouting all these instructions I can't hear. <laughs> and he's like, all the way, all the way, all the way. So I like grab the thing all the way. And because I'm not sure. I've only just been handed this thing. And uh, within the next second, we are careening towards the dock. He's like, no, no, other way. And then he like jumps back and takes control of the rudder. And I was like, then it was fine. He's like, okay, we'll just do it the other way. And then he had me sail back. So, I mean, anyway, face your fears. Wow. And now you're back in New York City. Size of my head, Dan. That's a big that's a big jellyfish. I think it can still sting you even when it's dead. Oh, yeah. The thing is, apparently the moon jellyfish, which I immediately looked up, the, the sting isn't, it's not like a Portuguese man of war or anything like that. It, it, sure. It could sting you. The tentacles are slightly shorter and it's not as bad. Yeah. Um, I still, I mean, a jellyfish the size of my head above a shipwreck is basically the confluence of things that terrify me. <laughs> so... Uh. Um, well, you survived. Damn. You've made it to back to America. Welcome. What? I'm full of sugar, Maureen. I can't I can... concentrate on anything. I'm like jumping. My brain is jumping. Um, Poonchki Day. It's Poonchki Day, Maureen. It's what? Poonchki. They are uh, Polish donuts that are oh, okay. made and served on Fat Tuesday. They are... Uh, Traditionally, the way you get rid of all of your sugar and lard and everything else in your pantries uh, before Lent kicks in. And, it's my, uh, my grandmother, Fashnok Day. Yeah, there, there are definitely different uh, different cultures. But here in here in the Chicago area and largely in the Midwest, where there are a lot of Polish immigrant uh, ties. Well, they were, probably, day. they were probably Puczki in my high school, which was a Polish high school. There you go. Um, but my grandmother, her father was German, so there you go. Um, 
they were Fashnoxed. But yeah, ah, we ate them. I'm still flying. I'm st- there's a lot of sugar in that shit. Man, it's good. Well, um, this week, uh, Oscar, because he's a, a devious little imp, said at one point, hey, the debate's on tonight. Want to watch it? And I was like, you get that shit out of my face. Yeah. Yeah. But it turns out I missed something. I mean, I, I sounds like I missed something a little bit magical. Yeah. So we, uh, says Whovians, last week was a debate. There's another debate tonight, Maureen, that we are mm-hmm. recording this on Tuesday, the 25th. There's yet another debate tonight. I think that we are... We are achieving a debate singularity where there is always a debate. Isn't this the last but one for a while? I don't know. I stopped caring. After a while, I just stopped paying attention to when they were because I just assumed there was always another. I can't I can't imagine that there this is the last for a while, considering that Super Tuesday is in like a week and a bit. Or a week from today. A week? Jesus, yeah. a week from today. I think this is I think this is the last one for a while. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, yes, Maureen, last week, the day of that debate, you were unwilling to just talk about fun things. You kept wanting to talk about the threat that Michael Bloomberg posed. I don't remember that. I believe you specifically were using the a Jaws metaphor that he was a he was the shark in the water mm. and that we couldn't ignore the shark. And then that shark got bit. <laughs> you know what they got? They got a bigger boat. They did get a bigger boat named Elizabeth Warren. Well, then, um, you want to tell me a little bit about that? So this was... In case you've managed to avoid it, Michael Bloomberg, multiple 50-some-odd billion-dollar heir, uh, has bought his way into this uh, this race. And this was the... Yet, he has done it through YouTube ads and hiring meme lords and that sort of thing. And um, this was the first debate that he has been a part of. There have been approximately... 70 trillion debates and he has not been in any of them so he managed to sort of get the rules bent around and things like that for him to get into this debate this is going to be the first time we were going to see this guy who has run a all kind of online ad based campaign up till now and he got his ass handed to him (laughs) repeatedly But especially by Elizabeth Warren, who basically just opened her the debate by being like, hey, let's talk about this motherfucker right here. And then uh, just laid into him about the, you know, various uh, allegations of sexual harassment and NDAs that he has put uh, women that worked for him under so that they couldn't talk about it. Um, in addition to, you know, talking about him being a billionaire and all of that bullshit, uh, but just laid in over and over and over. Yeah, um, I had a realization this week when we found out about we uh, about how um, Michael Bloomberg is now conducting his campaign. Um, and that is that he is. Uh, Paying people to text their contacts. Yeah. And um, the number seems to be about $2,500. That's that's the, yeah, that's the opening, that's the opening bid. And he's using a lot of micro influencers and meme generators. And I, I had this realization that basically he is the fire festival of candidates. (laughs) he's this rich guy illusion of this thing that we can build from nothing it's there's no there there but we'll sort of build it up with micro influencers and people you know texting each other to be like have you heard have you heard have you heard 
And um, when I said that on Twitter, someone pointed out that he is, in fact, using one of the same PR firms that the Fire Festival used. Of course he is. Which is something called Fuck Jerry, which I think they just now call Jerry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's he's just trying to um, just buy. So he may call you, you know, if you have 10,000 or over Instagram followers, maybe you will get a call from Mike Bloomberg and he will give you $2,500. Somebody in my Twitter called that the called it your Bloomberg number, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what is the amount of money that he could offer that you would then text your contact list? Mm. Well, I, um, let's see. And what would you do with the money? Right. What is your, what's your Bloomberg number? It would be more than 2,500 bucks. I gotta say. Mm. I feel like, I feel, yeah, I feel like it would be bigger. It would be a pretty big number. Cause that is, uh, though the LA times has reported that they are doing a real piss poor job of kind of enforcing it. So if you could basically fuck off with it, which it seems like, I mean, $2,500 for what they have spent. They spent $200 million in January alone. Yeah. And a lot $2, of that's is not in a California? Lot. Yeah. He's not going to win in California. I don't think he's going to win anywhere. So, so the calendar as it stands right now, there's a debate tonight. That debate is in, in advance of the South Carolina primary, which is this Saturday. Um, this primary is the one that has repeatedly been sort of held up as Biden's beachhead, right? Like as the moment that Biden finally comes to the fore um, after a, a incredibly poor showings in Iowa and New Hampshire. He did come in second, but a distant second in Nevada. Um, but now they are, they are polling in South Carolina and the most recent polls have Biden and Bernie right up against each other now. So um, he is already in 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 a slump in South Carolina. But anyway, you've got South Carolina on Saturday and then Tuesday is what they call Super Tuesday, which is when we stop being precious with these things and start doing multiple primaries at one time. But this Super Tuesday is especially big. It is Alabama, Arkansas. California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, and Virginia. We're going to know, I think. Well, after you've got, yeah, week. you've got California and Texas, and Texas both yeah. voting. That so between those two and the and the other states, over a, a third of all of the delegates that will be given out this primary season are going to happen on Tuesday. Right. So unless it really unless it's a remarkably scattered result, I think we'll know. I thought it was going to be Bernie for a while. And that that belief is only. Only intensifying. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, it, it is it sure feels like it is currently his race to lose and. It also feels like there are a whole lot of people aligning to try to get him to lose it. Yeah, I mean, um, well, you know, this is um, we're definitely reaching the point where um, there are a lot of claws out. Yeah, a and um, it's getting. Um, What's the word you would use to describe how it how it feels right now? Kind of the ugly. Yeah, it's definitely it's not great. This is this is the moment in time where instead of coalescing around a front runner, even if he is not the person that people might agree with, there is the you know the claws are out. the uh, The attempt now is to 
rip him apart, which will only create wounds that will continue into the general election. Like, it feels like we are in a real self-defeating battle right now, for sure. We're definitely seeing some of the skeleton underneath the, you know, our different beliefs and how they evolve. And um, this is not a, this is not a softball election. No, no. Yeah. And you just, you have right, like tonight's debate, if, if the Nevada debate was everyone piles on Bloomberg, tonight is going to be everyone piles on Bernie. Mm. It is going to be Bloomberg with a lot of rehearsed lines against him. Buttigieg is absolutely going to come uh, come for him. I would assume Biden is going to come at him. Um, you well, know, he I- is now he is now the front runner. And I think the general feeling is there, you know, you either you either stop him now or it's done. You know, that's one of the things that seemed to be so weird about the Bloomberg thing. It was that how unprepared he was. I mean, yeah. I have seen high school debaters more prepared than when Elizabeth Warren, and I've seen this clip, you know, packages up his ass, wraps it in a bow and hands it to him. And um, he fumbles around and says, basically, well, yeah, I have some women under an NDA because uh, they didn't think my jokes were funny. I mean, it. yeah, it, how could you? I, I'm genuinely staggered by the lack of preparedness. Like, what did he think was going to happen? That's it, what I want to know, Dan. What did he think was going to happen? He, I don't quite understand why he's right. Like, after watching that, it was like, why? I think he genuinely, you know, I, I think he saw Trump do his thing and was like, well, if that fucking idiot can do it, I'm richer and I'm largely more functional than he is. And so I can do it doesn't take that much you don't have to have spent your life in public service or anything i was mayor i could fucking do this please i could do this with one hand tied behind my back and if you're used to having people who take care of your shit for you and you've always just kind of gotten you know stuff done that you wanted and then you step in and someone like just flat out it's like one of those things where someone like a movie where you know, that, that someone opens a door and punches someone directly in the face. Like he wasn't. (laughs) What I don't understand Maureen is he comes, he was mayor of New York city, the city that you live in. Mm -hmm. I feel like New York has certainly brought some assholes into the fore. Look, this is not our fault. But they tend to have outsized personalities. Personality, yeah. They really do. And Bloomberg has the personality of a soggy slice of American cheese. Like, I yeah, don't. Yeah. He's not. He's not. a. He doesn't have a. He's very. Um, yeah, you know, uh, he kind of talks like this. Oh, and, he kind of has yeah, some of I mean, the only, you know, his. He was uh, kind of things he did was the soda tax and right. um, very famous for the soda tax and raising the price of a pack of cigarettes to about 10 bucks. Did your soda tax stick around? Because when they tried to do a soda tax here, when they pa- passed a soda tax, it almost cost every single person their job uh, in the next election. And they very quickly retreated on the soda tax. To be honest, I don't know. I didn't follow up on the soda tax. Um, uh, if there had been a coffee tax, then I would have noticed. But like, I I don't <laughs> tend to buy sodas. I tend to buy coffee, so I'm not. And then, so coffees are already so insanely expensive that you know, a, like a cup of something at Starbucks is like six dollars here. So, um, speaking of sodas, Maureen. The president of the United States, Donald Trump, forgot that he is the president. He is, in fact, the president. He had visited India this week. He was has 
has been kind of celebrated by the uh, prime minister of India was brought to a um, arena of 110,000 people, which you know that dude loved. Yeah. But Maureen Johnson. A lot of people in India. Very populous yes. country. Yes. Not sure if I was calling the shots, I would bring 110 people, 110,000 people together in an arena when there's a massive flu outbreak happening around the world. But that's not my choice. Yeah, they're, they're canceling K-pop concerts because of. Yeah. That. Yeah. Anyway, Maureen. When you bring K-pop, Dan. K-pop. When you bring the president of the United States to your country, you have to contend with the fact that you have to serve him food at some point. And Maureen, what are the core principles? This is like our wheelhouse. This right is now. this is what we do. What are the core principles of serving food to Donald Trump? Okay, you got to serve him some beef with 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 a sweet. Um, tomatoey things so you can yep. serve him meatloaf you can serve him hamburger with with ketchup you can serve him um something kind of big you could serve him like a shrimp cocktail wedge salad you could serve him anything that would have been on a menu in 1985 and been considered very cool yep. um you could serve him vanilla ice cream um you serve him yeah you 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 feed him it's like how you always have to give children child nuggets. You give him the children's menu. Yeah. And if you look at heads of state serving meals to him, you can always play the game of find the steak. Right? Can like I, Again, point of order. For whatever fucking reason, I, 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 I have to backtrack for one second. So Mike Bloomberg has hired these people <laughs> on Team Bloomberg. And I yeah. am convinced that either these people are like Andy Kaufman performance artists <laughs> or it's some kind of program for, I don't know, like people who have never social, like, have you never social media? Are you texting on a jitterbug telephone? Like, would you? <laughs> and they, they, these people, these people are, are absolutely tweeting from a calculator and they, um, they put out these, if you've never followed the Team Bloomberg team, don't follow it, but just go look every once in a while. They do these weird things they think are funny that are so confounding. Uh, I, I can barely even explain how bizarre they are, that they think are jokes. They did it a lot during the debate, and they decided to go into Nevada and buy a bunch of billboards. Yeah. And who, boy, did they put some stingers on those, including... One that says Donald Trump cheats at golf. And another that said Donald Trump eats bird steak. Yeah. Way to relate to people. Dan, what are they doing? What are they doing, Dan? What are they doing? I need you to. What are they doing? What are they doing, Dan? Tell me what they are doing. Well. Because I, I can't sleep. Tell me. I would like you to name two billboards by Amy Klobuchar. Um. Uh, it, or one, two mm -hmm. billboards by Pete Buttigieg. The the game is or not how many, how many billboards Joe you can Biden. name. It's not like that movie that's like three billboards outside but that's, of. But their strategy is basically if we go weird, right? If mm -hmm. we go dumb, if we go stupid, people talk about us. And that's all we care about right now. We want people to be talking about us. It's the even fire if festival, it's, Dan. It's the even fire if festival. this is dumb shit. But that's their strategy. And it in in terms of simply getting people to talk, they are succeeding in that capacity with their dumbass tweets, with their stupid fucking billboards, with everything. Yeah, they're know? not. I cannot emphasize how not funny or clever they are. They are simply no. odd. Indeed. It'll, it'll say things like, oh, Donald Trump is a fish tank? Well, Mike Bloomberg has a giant squid. And you'll yeah. be like, what? 
I don't even understand. And that's the whole thing. That's it. Send tweet. And they will do it tonight, I'm sure, during the debate. Their weird fucking tweet stream. Oh, unless someone doubt. someone got the memo that like the weird tweets are just weird. Um No. No. Because the, then you're talking about them during the debate and you're not talking about other people. It's that it's that simple. Like there is no broader 3D chess bullshit. It is well, if we flood the zone tonight with weird shit, then people aren't talking about how this guy keeps getting his ass handed to him. Well, I'm sorry. I've derailed the conversation because I wanted to talk about that billboard that says Donald Trump eats burnt steak. That's what so, he eats, burnt steak. On burnt steak, that is what he eats. And Maureen Johnson. Yes. He was in India. Which, they in, in terms of, of food, one of the one of the great food cultures of the world, I mean, just an extraordinary diversity of food, um, yes. of flavor, of spice, of using natural ingredients. I mean, uh, the variety and number of curries and yeah. uh, just the, the I but mean, yeah. Largely vegetarian. A absolute feast for vegetarians. Yes. So he is brought to the Gandhi ashram yesterday. Mm where he is going to be served high tea. Delicious. And Maureen, I have never been so stressed out reading a menu, <laughs> worried about the international incident that will result from it. Let me read you the high tea menu. Delicious. Welcome drink. Okay. Assorted canned juice, orange and guava, tender coconut water. Then there is a live counter tea coffee uh, where you have your choice between American, English, Darjeeling, Assam, Earl Grey, green and lemon teas, assorted cookies, honeybee, seven grain and chocolate chip, roasted almond and cashew nut, apricot and dry dates. Then there's a snacks counter serving Come on, which is uh, like a sponge, a savory sponge cake, I believe. And uh, broccoli and corn samosas. Followed by dessert of apple pie. There's the nod to something he would eat. Kaju uh, katli and exotic fresh cut fruits. It sounds delicious to you and me. That's not going to work, is it, Dan? But that's not going to work at all. And in fact, just this morning, the Independent from the UK reports, Donald Trump and his entourage reportedly failed to eat a single item of a special vegetarian feast prepared for him during his trip to India. In a, quote, in an effort to please the famously carnivorous tastes of the president, the chef, a well-known award-winning chef named Suresh Khanna, adapted a number of famous Indian delicacies to make them more recognizable for their guests and even included more familiar items such as chocolate chip cookies and apple pie. But... Some food items were arranged for the members of the visiting delegation, but neither the U.S. president nor the first lady had anything during their visit to the ashram. And quote, thankfully for Mr. Trump, later during his visit, he stayed at a luxury hotel in New Delhi where the presidential suite had been amply stocked with Diet Coke and cherry vanilla ice cream in advance of his arrival. He's eating cherry vanilla now. Yeah, I was surprised at that. I was like, shit, there's another miss. Wow. I've never read anything about yeah, him I don't... eating anything but vanilla too, ice cream. Too lumpy. Yeah. It's got lumps in it. I don't think he likes lumps. Yeah. So they they did not eat a single thing at the Gandhi ashram. <sighs> I even real was... world traveler, this guy. I mean, they even gave him canned juice so he wouldn't be paranoid. Right? Yeah. I mean, you can see all of the little attempts throughout. Though I don't know about a broccoli samosa. <laughs> and I love samosas. I give it a go. Broccoli and sweet corn samosa. I don't know what they were doing there. That was I'd certainly give... not going to help. Look, I'm, I'll give it a go. Maybe like shove a, shove a wedge of iceberg lettuce inside and deep fry it. He'd probably eat that. I don't wedge know. Wedge like... salad samosa. 
I mean, the chocolate chip cookie couldn't eat a chocolate chip cookie. Nope. No, he's not. He's not touching any of that. Melania is not having a roasted almond. She can probably have up to five roasted almonds a day. That probably allows her excessive. Mm. That feels like a real indulgence there, Maureen. Five? Are you kidding me? <sighs> well, Dan, Trump also had another little moment this week that is not a big deal, but it's one that I demand we break down. I would love to. So the other week, the Oscars Parasite won the best picture. Yeah. Um, which I haven't seen yet. I it's finally it's come up on um on pay-per-view, so I can I'm gonna be watching it. Um and Trump at a rally, you know, like he goes off about toilets and things. He he went off about parasite and he said, What the hell was all that about? We've got enough problems with South Korea with trade. On top of that, they give them best movie of the year. Was it good? I don't know. Can we get like Gone with the Wind back, please? Sunset Boulevard? So many great movies. Now, Dan, this is obviously the the dumbest thing that's ever happened, and it, along with all the other dumbest things that's ever happened. Um, for it to go off on a rally about the fact that the parasite won the Oscar. I mean, obviously. Stupid. Yeah. However, there is no way that Trump has seen either Gone with the Wind or Sunset Boulevard. Oh, no, definitely not. Those are no. simply names of movies. Those are just movies. And they're famous old movies. And one of them was about how awesome the South was when slavery was around. Yeah. It is also four hours long. Yeah, he's not sitting through that. Four hours long. No. And Sunset Boulevard? I mean, come on. He's not watching Sunset Boulevard. He doesn't care about Nora Desmond. You know, about <laughs> I'm ready for my close-up. He's not watching. He just knows the name of two movies. Yeah. But the real reason I know I can say for, for a fact that he has not seen these is because a long time ago, we've read bits of this probably a couple years ago now because this it's podcast has gone on for 7,000 years. <laughs> we found out how Trump watches movies. So I decided to go back and find that article and pull this quote. Oh, and spelunking. It's from a New Yorker profile from May 1997, and it's written by Mark Singer. So this, uh, this article, is the, the, the writer Mark Singer, is going around with Trump, 1997, and he, he gets on the private plane to go down to Mar-a-Lago. And here's a little section he writes about being on the plane. The solid gold fixtures and hardware, sinks, seatbelt clasps, door hinges, screws, well-stocked sure. bar and larder, queen-size bed and bidet, eas easily outfitted with a leather cushioned cover instead of, in case of sudden turbulence, implied mm. hedonistic possibilities. But the plane ferried, the plane often ferried high rollers to Atlantic hold, City. Hold on. Mm -hmm. That is some real gross hedonism when the bidet is a key element. I also didn't think bidets had covers. I feel like that tells you a lot more about the writer than I want to know. Well, I mean, I think maybe he's playing more of the gold screws in the bar and the, you know, but, but there's a leather cover on the bidet. I mean, that's a whole thing. That's like, that's that in and of itself is a whole, it's a whole episode. But he's, <laughs> he said, he said, I have witnessed only good, clean fun. We hadn't been airborne long when Trump decided to watch a movie. He'd brought along Michael, a recent release, but 20 minutes after popping it into the VCR, VCR, he got bored and switched to an old favorite, a Jean-Claude Van Damme slugfest called Bloodsport, which Is he Michael pronounced... Michael John Travolta was an angel? Is that that one? I think so, yeah. Yeah. He pronounced Bloodsport an incredible, fantastic movie. By assigning to his son the task of fast-forwarding through all of the plot expedition, exposition, Trump's goal being to, quote, get this two-hour movie down to 45 minutes. Sure. So, we know that Trump can't even sit through the plot of the movie Bloodsport. Yeah. So that's how we know. But there's a lot of things when I was reading through this article that really 
this, we should all be going back in time to 1997 and reading this New Yorker article because here's another little snippet from that plane to Mar-a-Lago. This is actually the paragraph above. Uh, she's on the plane. My fellow passengers included Eric Javits, a lawyer and nephew of, the, of Senator Jacob Javits, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, the daughter Whoa. of late publishing tycoon and inadequate, inadequate swimmer Robert Maxwell. Matthew that is, Cal- wow. Yeah. Matthew Calamari, a telephone booth-sized bodyguard <laughs> who was the head of security for the entire Trump organization, and Eric Trump, Donald's 13-year-old son. Yeah, that Ghislaine Maxwell. That Ghislaine Maxwell who sourced victims for Jeffrey Epstein and is currently on the lam. Everybody yeah. knew that they knew each other, but like she's just, you know, just in this piece, she's just on the plane because she's probably on the plane a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the thing about plus this- Matthew Calamari. Plus now the Matthew chief Calamari. operating officer of, uh, of the Trump org. So here's the thing about this article is that all of it is a funhouse mirror that re- reflects our lives right now. Like I'm going to really slaughter some Russian names and I could get no framework on these pronunciations. So please forgive me. So he's, he, the reporter says he's, you know, he's sitting there and Trump's in his office and back in the office, a times reporter, Michael Gordon was on the line calling from Moscow. Gordon had just interviewed a Russian artist named Zurab Sertelli. That's got to be wrong. A man with a sense of grandiosity, grandiosity familiar to Trump. Was it true, Gordon asked, that Sertelli and Trump had discussed erecting on the Hudson River a statue of Christopher Columbus that was six feet taller than the Statue of Liberty? Yes, it's already been made from what I understand, said Trump, oh. who had met Sertelli a couple of months earlier in Moscow. It's got $40 million worth of bronze in it, and Zarab would like it to be at my East Side Yards development, a 75-acre tract called Riverside South, and we are working towards that end. According to Trump, the head had arrived in America, and the rest of the body was still in Moscow, and the whole thing what? was being donated by the Russian government. The mayor of Moscow has written a letter to Rudy Giuliani stating that they would like to make a gift of this great work by Sarab. It would be my honor if we could work it out with the city of New York. I am absolutely favorably disposed, to- disposed towards it. Sarab is a very unusual guy. This man is major and legit. Trump come, hung up and said to me, you see what I do? All this bullshit. Know what? After shaking 5,000 hands, I think I'll go and wash mine. <laughs> Wait. So, mm-hmm. Hold Hold mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. Go on. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Wait. Mm-hmm. Go on. There's an artist in Russia. In Moscow. Who has reportedly made a gigantic statue of Christopher Columbus that is bigger than the Statue of Liberty. Six and according taller. to Trump, it is done. Uh-huh. It's finished. And the head has mm-hmm. already been shipped to America. The I mean, talk head. about talk about talk about a metaphor. The head is in America, but the body is in Russia. <laughs> I mean, it's the other way around, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, the head's the head's already here. The head is here. The head's already here, Dan. In fact, that's why you can go to to the Hudson River now and see a giant statue of Christopher Columbus that's six feet taller than the Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was being donated by the Russian government. And the mayor of Moscow was writing to Rudy Giuliani, yeah. just getting it all, just getting it all set up. Nineteen ninety-seven, Dan. Nineteen ninety-seven, an dizzy. astonishing twenty-three years ago. Donald's doing weird. What, what we've got is him doing weird deals with the Russian government to bring stuff to America, involving Rudy Giuliani. That also involves shit he's apparently going to build that's already under construction. The head's already here. Think of how much surveillance equipment was packed into the face of Christopher Columbus. I mean, come on. It's like instead of eyes, there were just satellite dishes. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Christopher Columbus was holding a reel-to-reel tape recorder, like out of <laughs> some sort of 70s spy movie. The shit is that? 
instead of a feather in his cap, there's just a gigantic antenna sticking out. Before the wall, there was a giant Columbus from Russia. I mean, come on, They could just lay it down and have a whole bunch of wall finished. When I read this, it was like that time that the jellyfish hit my my mask. I was like, my soul is leaving. What? So this is all in one article. He's fl- the, the article is really long, and a, most of it is about his grifting. Like 90% of this article is about all of his real estate grifts. Yeah. So the little things I've pulled, and there are lots of things. I, I there was just getting, I was pulling too many things. This article is just chock-a-block with everything we deal with on a daily basis. But here's this little summary that is everything. One day when I was in Trump's office, he took a phone call from an investment banker, an opaque conversation that after he hung up, I asked him to elucidate. Whatever complicates the world more I do, he said. Come again? Mm-hmm. It's always good to do things nice and complicated so that nobody can figure it out. Yeah, that sounds right. Jesus Christ. A giant Columbus from Russia, Dan. It's already been built. The head's already here. Oh, my God. Jelaine Maxwell. A leather a leather cover on the bidet. Can't get through blood sport. Dan, it's all there. <sighs> this article is, an, is just amazing. So we'll have to put up a link to it. Like, you should... It's just, I don't even know. Baby, don't read it. Save yourself. Maureen, but it's all I want to I want to wrap up today with something that happened just yesterday. The Washington Post's David Farenthold tweeted, On Mar-a-Lago's website, I stumbled onto this photo of one of their guest rooms. If you've stayed here, tell me what they charged you. Also, tell me what the deal is with the frog. Maureen, scroll down a little in our notes and look at the photo that is attached to this tweet. What the shit is that? (laughs) Can you? Okay. First of all, I have a question. So, all right. You want to describe it? Yes, please. This photo seems to be taken from the floor. Yes. Like a child's eye view, kind of looking like a, up. Like a baby, like that can't yeah. move. Yeah, about it's the camera's about six inches off the floor, and it's looking up at an armchair part of a sofa. So it's not really looking at anything. It's very, I, I'm sure maybe this is just the way they he, he cropped it, but it's, it's no, a strange. No, I looked at That is the real photo. What? Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So it doesn't make any sense why this, also, that, armchair super looks like a recliner yeah doesn't that look like a recliner to you yes yes okay you're burying what's in the armchair though no no no. i'll get there the floor the the walls have a kind of cherry blossom looks like maybe pattern in the background it's all very blue and it sort of looks like how my mother has decorated the back room of our house Mm -hmm. uh plus it doesn't include my mother's um 150 cats meow village pieces but aside from that But sitting on this recliner is a, Dan, it's a a frog dressed as a kind of a medieval prince. Yeah. He's got little. And it is a big frog. Man-sized. Yes, it's a man-sized frog wearing a puffy sleeve shirt, little tiny black slippers, and a beret? I think so. And also, if you look in the back, Yes. By the window. Yes. There's an old-timey doll carriage. With a haunted doll in it. With a doll kind of peeking up from the very, very back. You ever go to Graceland? (laughs) I've never actually been in. I've driven by two times in my life. Both times I have then been like, that is more expensive than I want to pay. I went there. I was with my friend on her book tour and she loves Elvis. And it was a very rainy day. And we went to Graceland and she really wanted to look at everything. We were there for four hours. It was exhausting to me. Um, But she was really into it. And... um. Some of the decorations, there's this one room that he has that is 
a rec room of some kind because everything in Graceland is frozen in time in 1977. Yeah. So when he died, everything is just decorated as it was. So um, it has, so one entire room is, it's very hard to explain. It's, it's all green shag carpet. And then, so it's very green. And then there's lots of like this low furniture. And then there are like stuffed animals and clowns and things sort of sitting around. And that's what this reminds me of. Yeah, it is. It's just sitting. I, I went to double check because he just says I stumbled on this photo. It turns out it's simply in the section of the Mar-a-Lago website labeled photo gallery. And there is no context to it. There's no caption to it. You mm. can't click into it and understand anything more about it other than somewhere lurking in one of the guest rooms of Mar-a-Lago is a haunted doll and a man-sized frog. It's full of microphones. Inside of that frog <laughs> is a spy. Don't mind me. I'm just a stuffed frog. <laughs> it just roams the halls. And if anyone comes close, it just kind of collapses into a <laughs> pile. Hey, wasn't that frog? I thought that frog was over there. Wasn't it in the lobby? Did you see that frog in the lobby? God. We're not. <sighs> Says who is made possible by you. That's your why. Support. That's why I'm voting Bloomberg. Bloomberg. <laughs> He gave me twenty dollars. You gotta up your rates, Maureen. I'm Bloomberg twenty thousand dollars for my Bloomberg endorsement. Bloomberg, we're gonna have real porta potties this time on the island. <laughs> Says who is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at SaysWhoPodcast.com. Join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. Spread the word, subscribe, and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And next week, Maureen, I think we got to come out on Thursday next week. Because of Super Tuesday? Because of Super Tuesday. It would be super stupid. Not to do Super Tuesday. To to record Tuesday morning and come out on Wednesday. You guys so, don't mind, right? Uh, is that okay with you guys? So I think instead we will record on Wednesday when at least some of the results of Super Tuesday will be known. And then, and then you, can, you can join us March 5th to hear that episode. Dan. Morning. Do do we have to watch the debate? I'm wa we're watching the debate tonight, right? Uh, I don't want to. Does that count? Nope. You got to do it. I don't want. I why? Because Dan, I don't want to. Nope. Don't want. I don't. I don't want to. Dan, I want to. I wanna. No. Don't wanna. Then it's only February. And there's an extra day in February this month. It's a leap year. Extra February. Yeah. Now I wanna. And this week, Athens, Georgia, Thursday night, I will be in you. Yeah. Bookshop, 6 p.m. If you are anywhere near Georgia or Athens, Georgia, please, 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 please come. This is a makeup visit from when. I got food poisoning on tour. <laughs> and um, coming back to Georgia. Just coming down to Georgia. Very excited. There you go. Yeah, biscuit. Like that Mountain Goats song. Dan, we're going to be watching the debates tonight. And then we'll... Dan? I don't wanna. Dan? I don't want to. Dan. I don't want to. What if you got a piece of pie? I just you eat got a pie. Yeah. You only get pie if you watch the debate. I don't want pie then. Pie is for debate watchers. No, I still got poonchkies left over from this morning. 
I'll just eat those and be happy. No, Dan, if you eat those, then you'll be buzzing on sugar. You'll be so high. I might as well just watch a debate. And then you're just, oh, watch a debate. And you got to debate on. Oh, my God. Why did I turn? I don't want to. Anyway, join us next Thursday, March 5th, for a post-Super Tuesday episode of Says Who. From my suite of offices in Bloomberg Towers, where... I can't even do it as a joke. (laughs) From my basement in Chicago, I'm Dan Sinker. And this has been Says Bloomberg. Really, how much did he pay you? Fire Festival, Dan. Fire Festival. How much? How much? 50 grand. I'd, prob- I'd probably do it for 20 grand. Well, wait, well, who would you give the money to, though? You just keep it? Myself. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do something that shitty. I'm going to go to Disney World. That's what I'm giving it to. I'm giving it to the Walt Disney Company. Just a billionaire to b- billionaire transfer? Exactly. Have them wire it straight in. (sighs) He's going to be done by next Wednesday. Dan, don't you dare.